the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. Um, a very welcome back to the Six Pointer Podcast for the Danish edition, um, EFB special as it were. I'm joined by from by some very special guests this evening. As always, the uh, the man with his finger on the pulse uh, in Espia, uh, local journalist Jan Maslinhart. Jan, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Luke, and uh, thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure, mate. Always a pleasure. Um, and we've also got uh, the local celebrity voice of EFB match days uh, in the future, Anna's Buren. Anna's, how are you doing? I'm fine. Uh, and you said the voice of, uh, I haven't that much voice today because I'm, yeah, my stroke is a little bit, yeah, it, it doesn't work that well, but uh, yeah, I'm fine. Good. Well, we'll, we'll get through it, mate. Don't worry. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, we hope to, we hope to. coming to the podcast. Mate. Um, and a very special guest uh, in uh, SBR CEO, Jens Hammer Sorensen. Jens, thank you very much for taking time up your busy schedule to join us tonight. How are you doing? You're welcome. I'm fine. Uh, I'm a bit busy, so... We are trying to get a, a young uh, Jamaican kid uh, a work and stay permit in Denmark. And right now he's in Mexico. So I was just on the phone with uh, an employee of EFB. So uh, I might just uh, walk out of this at one point if I need to supervise her. So I will, I will stay fine. here for as long as I can. We, we, we will cover for you. And uh, yeah, there's, I think that's a six-pointer podcast exclusive there. So uh, yeah, we'll have that one. Thank is. you very much. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, so, so I saw, I saw that on, uh, on, a, on a Jamaican webpage today. Yeah. They, they wrote about him uh, coming to SBL. But Jens, yeah. isn't that, it's not the same player we uh, you announced earlier? This, yes, uh, we, yeah. we announced him. Uh, we, we signed the contract with him on the last day of the transfer window. But yeah. we're having difficulties with uh, the Danish authorities and it's really really a big task for us to to get a young kid uh, into to Denmark and get him a work and stay permit so right now he he traveled from from Kingston town in Jamaica to uh, Panama to now he's in Mexico City and then uh, we we're trying to get uh, his biometrics that's uh, fingerprints and some pictures taken so he can seek uh, work and stay permit in Denmark. So it's it's going to take uh, a while yet. Oh, that's a, that's a shame and that's yeah. hard for the kid as, as well. Yes, it's real. And that's the worst, you know. Of course, we pay him salary for February. and uh, But, you know, it's now he's, he's a young kid and 20 years uh, sitting alone in, in a big uh, million city in Mexico City. And, and uh, he will have to wait there until the, the Danish authorities process his case when they get his biometrics. So uh, I said to Jana today that I will I will volunteer to travel to Mexico and and get him back. But uh, that's uh, fingers I, crossed it all gets sorted out yeah, and we're able to get him across as soon as possible. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, Jens, can I ask just, just a bit of background? Because we obviously we've mainly got Danish listeners, um, but we do have a few English listeners as well. For, for, for those that may not know too much about you, would you mind just giving us a bit of background about yourself uh, yeah. and how you became involved in EFE? Yeah. Uh, as a young guy, I played my football in, in my local town, uh, Runners Fire FC, uh, who's now Runners FC. And 
when I was 30, I got a chance to become a player manager in a in a, a small city uh, just north of Randers uh, called Hubo in the fourth division. And it was really a big, uh, you know, I took on a, a big task because, you know, I, I, grow, I, was, I, I was growing a bit tired of professional football. You know, I thought that uh, I was a part of a player group trying to get something out of the club. And I would, so there would also be, uh, always be a, an us and a them so I, I put all my uh, my uh, forces in to make a we in Hobo and and uh, to, you know to, to be more of a unit and a, and a, you know uh, more of a community at, at some point and uh, we rather succeed succe- we had success with that and and I was a player manager for for five seasons and. Uh, all of a sudden, we we came from the fourth division on to play in the Super League, and and I was there for 19 years, and uh, I was uh, unfortunately I was sacked this summer, and I I went through the summer and uh, not knowing if I would uh, go back into professional football because it is uh, it is a tough job and it takes a lot of time, and you know it's it's difficult also to. To grow a family, so uh, it, I was in a, you know, a, in a bit of a limbo. But I had a, a few conversations with uh, Paul Conway when he was trying to to buy a Danish football club. He, I showed him around in Hobro, and and I had a good relationship with him. And and uh, when Brian Knudsen left Esbjerg, they, they asked me a few times if I could uh, see myself working in in Espia. And I, you know, when I had the chance to to join a big famous Danish football club as SBR FB, uh, I really wasn't in, in much doubt. So so I drove there and uh, now I'm talking to you guys. So it, it, was, it was the stature and the history of the club which, which drew you towards EFB? Yes. It? And also, you know, the people of, of SBR, because uh, when I was working in Hobo, we played uh, many times against uh, SBR FB and there was always, you know, uh, I had uh, a lot of uh, enemies in Danish football, but uh, always friends in Espia, really good guys and a nice stadium. And uh, it's a really nice city. And uh, I, I had good relationships uh, also with Brian Kusen, who was uh, a former CEO. So, so I had uh, good, uh, you know, relationships in Espia. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wasn't really in, in much of a doubt. Yeah, I can certainly relate to that. I mean, being sort of someone who who came over, starting watching Danish football, I was, yeah. I felt like I was taken in by the the Espia community, and um, yeah, made some very good friends there now. So it's a a very nice place to be, that's for sure. It, it, and it, since it since then, we couldn't get rid of you, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> I also heard yeah. Luke that you're coming to our first uh, home game this season, and I really, I, you're. You're some kind of a celebrity in in Denmark, so I also heard that uh, you might be talking to some of the sponsors. Uh, well, yeah, Anna's has asked me to. I think he's going to ask me a few questions um, oh. on the day, so I have to make sure I don't have too many beers um, before yeah. the match, um, so I can speak. We can take speak that after. <laughs> If we win, we can take that afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll do that. Yeah. But, that um, that no, would I'd... be a first, though, Luke. That you. What's that? <laughs> Yeah, that you were gonna wait, wait, wait with, with the beers until after the game. But okay, <laughs> let's see if we can uh, handle that one as well. <laughs> I think I think we can just have lots of coffee. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, okay, okay. I think I think, think SPF will win the cup before you will wait for your beers. 
<laughs> we'll see how we go. But um, I mean, lads, this start off with obviously the, the, the new season, but well, the, the winter break is over, and the start of the season, the, the second half of the season has, has begun. Last uh, Friday was a, a four-two defeat from. Yeah, yeah, and help me out with the uh, pronunciation of this. Yeah, is it? Uh, Frama, Ama. Frama, Frama, yeah. Frama, Frama, Okay, yeah. all right, that's 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 really as good as it's going to get from me. These boys always laugh at my pronunciations. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm terrible. That, that was nice. Stuff. That was nice. Um, but yeah, obviously a four-two defeat uh, was was a disappointing start. Um, yeah. Jens, can I ask for your sort of uh, take on the game? Um, yeah. What, what were your sort of main sort of things you took out out of that that yeah. unfortunate defeat? You know, uh, when you work in football, we uh, especially in Denmark, we have a really long winter break. You know, you're not used to that in in England. They play uh, all the time, but hmm. in Denmark, we had uh, nearly a three months uh, wait on on first game of uh, the, the second half of the season. So everybody was really curious to see how how we looked in the first game. We think that we we got uh, through the transfer window really good, and we got a good, strong, uh, young team. And so I was a bit curious to see how how we looked because we the big problem for us in in uh, in the autumn was that we were just too unstable. You know, we had some really good wins, but we also uh, had some terrible games that where we looked really vulnerable and and too easy to score against. So for the first hour in Farmerama I was really I was really positive, you know, it, it looked really good and we had some really good uh, movement uh, especially on the last third of the of the of the pitch and I think we looked uh, we looked strong and we looked fresh and but all of a sudden, you know, we came we came behind uh, 1-0 and, and then we came up 2-1 and we looked really solid. But out of the blue, you know, they scored a goal and then we looked fragile and, and vulnerable for just five minutes and then they scored again. And then it was, you know, it was a disappointed result for us because we really tried to, to get... Uh, 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 equalizer but uh, then it's as it often happens you know they they run a counter and and we 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 conceded the penalty and then they scored for 4-2 and the game was over so all in all uh, playing wise i was really i was really satisfied uh, with the first hour but also a bit worried for the last half hour yeah, I, I think they obviously the, the highlights was obviously Montano obviously his finishing yeah. and his goals were were, were were real positive from that from that yeah. game. Um, there were some moments of class from from um, from Alice number seven. I think that you know he was a very tricky player, wasn't he, throughout the yes. game? Was was causing us a lot of problems. And, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, that, that that was a key issue for us. But I mean, the, the club that we played, Jan, I mean, you spoke earlier and we spoke about from about some difficulties they're facing. Um, is, is, is it that, that you know they might get relegated as a result of some financial yeah, difficulties? They're in big financial doing? troubles uh, at the moment, and uh, yeah, yeah, we're 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 talking. The, the, the media is writing stories about a uh, possible uh, bankruptcy, and uh, yeah, I don't know if, if I'm not sure if that happens. If all the games throughout the season will be. Uh, Defeat uh, counted as defeats for Famalama. Uh, Do you know that, Jens? Uh, how, how that would uh, turn out? Yes. First of all, I don't think that Famalama will will get uh, bankrupt because the big clubs they will always get 
uh, money in on the last minute. That's that's my first uh, say on this. But if they if they are relegated, they will lose the rest of the games, and the the games they have played will stand. Will stand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, so, that's that's how, what I thought we. That's that that that's not, of course, that's not good news for Esbjerg. But okay, nevertheless, if Amma wins or not, uh, yeah. lives or not, <laughs> um, the situation Jens, is not good for you because I guess although it looked tough, you, yeah. you I guess you had a hope to to make it into top six. Uh, yes. Yes, we. And, that's what we were really planning for to get in the top six and. And also, that was our big goal of the season. And it's not finished yet, but we also have to to be honest to ourselves and especially honest to to our surroundings. That right now, uh, it doesn't make sense to to talk about the top six. It makes sense to to make a, an effort every day to 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 get a win because there's nothing. You know, we need wins if if we if we need to to get into the top six, but it's also very important not to get relegated. And that's if you are in the relegate when when the season ends and you get in if you're not in the top six, you will be in the bottom six. And yeah. the bottom six will only play for two to avoid two relegation spots. So if you end up in the bottom six, you are in fact in the relegation battle. So we have to be honest about that and we and we have to to look into this and, and be honest to ourselves and say we need to work harder to to get the wins. And that's uh, that's yeah just me being honest. At the moment, Jens, you are closer to relegation than to uh, the yeah. top six. Uh, there's three points down to uh, Yamabukten and uh, and, four, and four points up to yeah. Kui uh, on the yeah. sixth place. So how disappointed are you that you are in this no, situation? I've, yes, I am disappointed, but I also, you know, I've been uh, around a few years in this uh, game, and and uh, I know the, the the toughness of this uh, division, and it's uh, they're really good teams in the Danish first division. They're really good coaches in the first division, and there certainly are a lot of really good young football players. So I know the competition is hard, but but saying that, and that being said, it's it is a disappointment to a big club like SBIFB. We should, uh, uh, but we also have to 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 say that we had a terrible summer, and maybe the wounds were a bit uh, deeper than we thought. But uh, right now we we are struggling, but and we are vulnerable. And you know, when they when the young kids they meet, uh, what's it called? in Danish, when they meet, you know, problems, when they meet, uh, you know, they're having difficulties, then then we look just vulnerable. And that's that's a bit uh, worrying. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you touched on there the fact that, you know, we had some, some, some uh, a busy, busy uh, winter transfer window, as it were. I mean, you must have been kept busy by, by bringing in a few players. And, yeah. you know, we saw three of the, the debutants on, on Friday, um, but arguably, you know, some fans might feel that the the, the best signing you made, or the the best contract signing you made over the uh, the transfer window was the contract extension to to Mad Larson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just just how important is he to to he, the club and, uh, and to the team? He's a massive uh, 
it was a massive contract uh, for us. It really was, and it was a really good signal, also a, a really good sign for for the local community that we were able to to keep Mess here. And and Mess is we have to remember, you know, right now he's captain of the team, but but he just turned twenty. So yeah. so it's it's also difficult for us to to put a lot of. Uh, responsibility in his uh, young hands, you know, but, but uh, Mess Larsen is definitely a football player that uh, the Danish uh, community will get to know much better because he's a, uh, I've been around, as I told you before, for many years, but seldom I have seen uh, a talent like Mess because he has, uh, he has uh, the whole package, you know, sometimes I've seen uh, really fast guys, but then they were lacking, you know, technicality on the ball or I saw really strong guys but then they missed something else. Mass has a complete package. He's strong and he's really good on the ball. He is nearly equally good with both feet and and most of all he has he has a brilliant side of the game, you know. He he can he can read the game just a little bit before everybody else so so he has a he has a brilliant future in front of him and and then he's uh, he is also willing to work really hard, and that's uh, that's uh, in my experience the guys who uh, who reach the longest. If I put it a bit hard, Jens, I would almost say that Maslassen is too good for Espia at yeah. the moment. Um, are you gonna lose him in the summer? Do you think? No, I don't think that uh, because you know the the, the philosophy of uh, of the club right now is that we we this season we should uh, put a, put out a strong team for next season, and that's uh, that's that's our main goal. And I think Mess will really would like to be here also next season to see if we can play uh, SBFB in the Super League. But but uh, talking about next season is uh, is a bit uh, you know we, we have to to confront a game uh, on Sunday in Jørgen that's uh, gonna be really difficult also so but but the long term philosophy of the club is that we we are trying to build a good young uh, dynamic squad for next season who can compete uh, for a Super League spot. Jens usually. It's a good thing. It can be a good thing to have a young squad because there's a lot of potential in in getting better. And yeah. um, what I what I thought at the beginning of the season when we when we were starting putting uh, the youngsters on the field and giving them more minutes, I had an expectation that we would see them develop and we would see yeah. them be getting better and better. Um, but the, the the waves are going up and down this season instead. So. Yeah, what? Who's to blame for that, Jens? Oh, you know, blaming uh, blaming is uh, is really very constructive. So it's not my job to blame anybody, but but I will try to to make an explanation because I think you're right, and we everybody hope that that this young uh, squad could uh, develop and and really become much better. You know, but uh, we we. What we have seen is is a tremendous uh, instability, and that's uh, that's what uh, that's uh, we 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 are lacking the, the the efforts to be to to be a team, you know, to be composed in all in all the games, and that is just uh, you know, if I should 
give you my view is is that it it it, it comes down to lack of uh, games and and routine. You know, uh, they're really young and and haven't played many first team games and. And then you be, you become uh, insecure, and and what we're working on now, uh, the trainers are working really hard to to make a team, you know, because you, we have to have some structure in the team where you can you can say, okay, if this happens, I know I can do this, you know. Some of the relations should be uh, we are work we are working upon, and that's just uh, you know it is just difficult uh, to get twenty one guys in during the summer and it just it takes time and and we all need to to have that in mind and bear that in mind that that it takes time to to create a team and it's really difficult it is difficult yeah that's why in my, in my opinion you know you should have a really good strong team and then you should uh, bring in one two three uh, top players each window and and you have uh, the stability and you have a uh, continuity uh, to yeah. have a really good we we can see the pic we can see the picture behind luke uh, what uh, he's uh, sitting in front of marcus Helsti yes. shirt and 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 we we can remember what happened in Espia when they brought in Helsti and uh, rudolf yeah. austin yes. uh, they had these uh, old players to yes. uh, to lean on uh, yeah. the young guys uh, yes And, but I also, it's also important for me to say, Jan, that I really have uh, respect for for our owners and their strategy yeah. in, in bringing in young players because it's really expensive to to run a first division team in Espia. It's really, really expensive. So if we if we need to run the club well, we have to sell players. And you cannot sell Rudolf Austin. You cannot sell Halski. Yeah. But maybe... They could, you know, they could uh, participate in developing the young guys, and that's mm. where I can follow your your point of view that uh, that it's 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 seldom really good to only have young players um, to have a few guys that they can lean upon during the tough times. Like we also have in the squad now, you know, we have a Kevin Conboy who who should have played the first game uh, if he wasn't uh, injured and. We have guys, you know, who knows uh, Lasia, knows how mm -hmm. to to win games, and we have the we have the guys in the club. But unfortunately, uh, uh, Kevin wasn't uh, available in the first game, but he looked really good in the preseason, really good. I, I know you saw a few games uh, yourself, and he 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 looked to be uh, to be a really strong asset for us. So it was it was. Yeah. Uh, It was a downfall for us that he couldn't play. Yeah, so certainly, obviously, something comes with the territory of having a squad full of young players is, is inconsistency because they're learning yeah. the games themselves, you know, learn, learn, learning the football. And, and like you say, it's, it's really important to have those senior players or more, more yeah. senior players that, that, you know, not only on the pitch, but also in the training ground can, can create exactly. that sort of atmosphere of, 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 you know, bringing people together and, and creating exactly. that real sort of team community. Yes. Um, and if, sorry to interrupt you, but also, well, you know, when you, when you bring in so many guys like we did this summer, you know, 21 guys, then you 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 you're missing the culture, you know the culture of not culture club but the culture of the club, you know <laughs> everybody here is new and 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 you know uh, nobody can say oh we used to do this and we normally do mm -hmm. this you know too many guys are you know 
trying to, and it really takes a long time to create a good, strong mentality and a good, strong culture. And that we also have to be. And, and that's why I say uh, my philosophy is more like, you know, sell one or two good players and bring in uh, one or two uh, young, uh, talented players. Yeah, and, and, and when you look at the potential of some of the guys you have, yes. Ilya Massive. Sons and, 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 and so potential. That, that you, you can see that this, yeah, my, my, my gut feeling is that this could be a good team. Yeah. Uh, but as you say, it takes time. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just a bit nervous if you have time enough. But yes. Jens, uh, we, 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 that we, must, we have to cross our fingers that you have, of course, because yeah. uh, a relegation wouldn't be bearable in this bear. No. Yeah. I mean, Jens, can, can I ask? I mean, you talk about culture in terms of obviously the SBA need to build this culture, like you said, because yeah. there was no one there originally. So, um, how much of that culture comes from the senior players? And how much that culture comes from the manager, in your view? Where, where does it come I, from? Is, is it come from in the, inside the team or does it have to be fed down? Yes, it, it's a really good question because, you know, I worked with, you know, one of the the really good things that we were we succeeded with in Hobo was to have a really strong culture. But I, I see the two things combined, you know. You have to have a good, strong manager working really hard and having some good ideas, but also having some you know, uh, some discipline in a football team. That's one thing, but it's also important to have a group of players who respect each other and comes in to, to work every day to be a little bit better when, you know, to, to have the, the mindset of getting a little bit better every day. And if you have these two, you can really make a good, strong culture. But it, it, it does really, it takes time, you know? Yeah. And uh, right now, Mas Larsen is one of the guys who had played uh, who had played the most games for SBI, and he's just 20, and that's just crazy, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. But he so was he an early starter as well. He yes, he, he made his debut at 16 years 16 old. 16 years old. Yeah. So that's a, a couple of years he's been around. But yeah. Yes. Sorry, but what about you, Anders? Don't you have a view of anything? You're just watching TV <laughs> or? No, no, I'm I'm listening because I don't have that much much voice. <laughs> what's your What's your point of view with? Uh... Yeah, yeah, you have said the most of it. I, I I hope that we would get from the from the winter break and have another a new start. So I was a bit satisfied, uh, unsatisfied about the first match. I wasn't able to to see it live, so I have just seen the highlights uh, on the internet afterwards. So I, I don't know how the whole picture was, but. But yeah, when when we uh, get in front, uh, I thought that now now we are taking it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, as as Jan and I talked about just before we were starting recording, we'll just I think not. I'm not normally. I'm uh, I'm very um, uh, happy about everything. So I normally I would say that we're going we're going to the Superliga this season. But I now I know that we don't, and now it's a matter of. Are we going to the top six, or do we have to uh, to be secu secure that we're not rele relegated to the second yeah. division? So, actually, I think we'll make it, but in the first season, in the first division. But yeah, but um, yeah, my normally uh, good mood is a bit bit away right now. But <laughs> I hope yeah. I'll find it again. And and I sense that feeling in in the city at the moment yeah. and. And uh, Jens, how 
how afraid are you that you're you're risking uh, losing uh, the support from the city because you know we have the best uh, handball team and uh, yes. one of the best handball teams yes. in Europe is it there's a lot of places that people can go and get their entertainment yes but but uh, just to be honest with you and I'm I really no, I'm not that nervous because one of the things I've learned in my short time in SBR is the support of the city is just crazy It is really crazy, and you know, uh, in in Famalama, you know, four uh, hundred, nearly four hundred kilometers away from Espia, we uh, we had uh, so many uh, fans on the on the on the away uh, uh, end, and it was just beautiful. I wasn't uh, uh, especially happy with the with the with the fireworks. Because it's gonna be a big fine for the club again, but the, <laughs> but the support was just brilliant, and they called the players down and after the game, and and uh, no, uh, you know, the, no uh, hard feelings, and they just told them that if you work hard and we can see you run and you tackle all you all all you and you're doing your best, you will have our respect, and I really think that's that's what the citizens of Espia think about EFB. They don't. Uh, They don't want uh, fancy play. They don't want, you know, uh, heels and toes. They, but they respect a guy, a young kid, uh, running all he can and 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 does the best he can. And I really think this group of players does that and do that. They really, they are an honest group of players, and they're trying their best every day and in every game. So, so I really think that, that uh, you know. Uh, The city is behind them, and they don't—they're not angry with them, but they feel a little bit pity with them. What's it called? You know, they feel sorry for them because right now it's—it's not—it's uh, not going in in the best way. But I think that the, the city is behind them. I really think, and I think you—I uh, think we're going to have uh, a lot of uh, people on the ground when you come here, Luke, on on the first uh, home game. I really think. Uh, the support of the city is, is just tremendous. Yeah, I must admit, for, for the games that I've been to, and uh, you know, I think over the, the three or four years, two or three years that I've been I've been following SBO, you know, the support has been outstanding for every every game that I've been to. And yeah. Anna's and Jan and I have spoke about sort of if we can get to some away games, I'd, I'd love to do that as well. Um, just to experience that, and I know, yeah. Yeah, as you say about you don't appreciate the fireworks and things like that, but it certainly does make a hell of an atmosphere, and it looks good, it doesn't really, it? But, um... It really did. And <laughs> and the players, you know, it it means so much to the players, you know. And I feel, I think they have a a good connection, you know, the fans and the players, and mm. and I think they respect each other, and uh, and I really know that the fans are, the players are, uh, you know, they're feeling in debt to the to the fans that they are, you know. That they spend 10 hours at a day, you know, to travel four hours to Copenhagen, watch the game, and and travel four hours back home, and it, it, it's really classy. I mean, yeah. It is. And Jens, now, now you, you're saying you're you're not uh, so happy about the fireworks, but uh, but when when I speak to players, they say they give them this extra kick, yes. and and yes. If, uh, uh, of course they don't say it out loud, but no. off the record they say it. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's not uh that's not uh, me saying go go put some fire on the stadium. No, and me certainly not because you know no. I'm looking into uh yeah. to a big uh. deficit on the on the annual report. So uh, 
So uh, every uh, penny uh, I, I save is a penny, uh, what we call it. Well earned, isn't it? Yeah, like well that? earned, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I know what you mean, and I also respect the fans that uh, they they do whatever they can to to cheer the guys up, and and they're really doing a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm actually quite interested in, in in how that works, though, for, for the club. So, for example, if, if there were sort of flares and smoke bombs and things like that again. How does it affect the club? So the, 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 the league would, would get in touch with the club then and, and say yeah. there is a fine of an extra. And, and what is the actual fine? How much is the fine? Are you able to tell us that? How much the club yes. would get fined for that? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the procedure is that, that the referee, you know, he, he has to write everything down and, and what he sees in the game. So, mm-hmm. so last... Uh, Game, he said, uh, from the minute zero, there were fireworks in 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 the, in the away end of Eskja. So, and then they will, you know, they will note down the fireworks, and then I will pay a fine for each firework. And and I can say the last fine I paid was was around uh, eighty seven thousand Danish kroners last time. And okay. this one is certainly not gonna bit get uh, cheaper. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, well, well I mean, yeah, it is, it, is, it is a lot of money, and, and certainly, yeah, yeah. Nice. I, I obviously, it's not in the minds of the of the fans that when, when they let off of them, they just think about the atmosphere. They don't actually think about that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, but we have a good, we have a good uh, dialogue with the fans, and and I had told them that uh, that these are the fines, and and I told them also that we would be uh, happy to to make them TIFOs or, 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 you know, but, but they also, you know, they are just uh, really young, uh, honest guys. And they say, you know, then it's not really a fan-based uh, uh, TIFO. So it's better if we chip in. And I really respect that, you know. Uh, they, they, they will manage themselves and they don't ask for much. And uh, I just, uh, I'm just uh, really proud that they follow us uh, in that number. Yeah, we have we have had that discussion many years. Uh, when I was in the in the in the lead of the fan club, yeah. we as an official fan club we have to uh, step away from the fireworks and say the fireworks isn't allowed. But if you ask me as a person, I would say that I love the fireworks because it make uh, a very good as- atmosphere in the stadium. So I was a I was somewhere in in the middle of the of the of the fan club and the official uh, fan club. And then of the of the young people who was firing the the fireworks, um, and they asked me why can we do why can't we do that and why blah 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 and I said yeah, if you ask me I would like to do it too but but I can also see it from the club side that you have you are going to pay that much money. Um, each time the club doesn't have money for a good player, uh, the fans is also yelling about that. So <laughs> it's a yeah it's there's two parts of it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, and talking about the Blue Knights, the official fan club, yeah, which you were the chairman for, Anas, uh, yeah, for several years. I don't know if you know that, Luke, but uh, the official fan club is is closing itself down. Uh, and it's told me in the week, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Jens, uh, as as Anas told, he he was having a dialogue with the club uh, uh, when he was in, in the, uh, a chairman of the the official fan club. What does it mean to you as a club that you're not going to have this uh, uh, official fan club, this, this old uh, Blue Knights organization behind you anymore? 
you know, it's really, you know, I think it's a it's a really good question because what is it is it a, is it a, the guy saying no to the football club or is it the guy saying no to to run a fan club? I don't think that you know the fans in the in the Blue Knights they 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 will always come to the stadium. I think because uh, but it, I I really respect that you know. Uh, Volunteer work these days are really under pressure everywhere, and I know that that uh, official fan club in Horsens closed, and the official fan club in Rana's closed, closed, and and it is just really difficult to get guys to 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 spend 10, 15 uh, hours a week doing something volunteer, and that's that's one part. But but uh, we have a, we have certainly have a really have had a really good relationship. With the Blue Knights and and uh, uh, some some part of me are really sad about uh, the the official fan club not being there anymore. But but I'm also a realistic guy that that know that these volunteer work is under pressure, and uh, we are just looking forward to to uh, to meet the fans at the stadium and take good care of them when they come again. You know, they, because they will come on the stadium. Of, of course, they will. Yeah. As as Jan as and I talked about uh, when the fan club announced that they was closing down, Jan called me to make an interview for the paper, and I said that I was also a bit um, in two two parts there because I think it's very sad that the the fan club is closing because I have had so many good times with the fan club. Yeah. I've been in there in Italy, in France, in Sweden. I, yeah. I, we have won the cup, and in the time when I was in the in the fan club, and we have had so many fun and good times. Uh, so, in that eyes, it's it's hard to see it's closing. But on the other side, for the last yeah two, three, four years, it has in my eyes only gone one way. Um, the 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 number of uh, members in the fan club has been falling and and the 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 songs and the things on the stadium isn't well, hasn't been taken care of the, by the fan club the official fan club it's by the official unofficial guys and they're doing a very great job so it's not because we're losing the no. the, the 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 party on the on the stadium it's just some other people doing it but but Jens, doesn't it make it harder for you to c- communicate with the fans when you don't have this uh, official uh, uh, chairman you can go to and and speak to? Yes, yes, I think uh, I think you're right. But but uh, and we're always looking for dialogue with the fans because you know they are the heart of the football club in in some way. You know, uh, I'll be uh, gone in in a second, and the players will be gone in a second, and. Uh, Current board will be gone in a second, but the fans will always be there. So, so for me, they are the heart of, of the football club, and and uh, you have to respect that. And I will also, uh, you know, respect the guys uh, coming into the stadium. Mm. But uh, as a group, uh, uh, we lost them uh, for a while, uh, you know, and and they, I will welcome them back into the stadium. Yeah, I've been speaking to fans, trying to make a seamless transition on the podcast here. We've had plenty of questions from from, from the fans and from our listeners here. Um, you can get in touch at Six Player Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Jens, I hope you don't mind if I put a couple of questions to you from, yeah. our, from our listeners. Yeah. Um, 
We have one from uh, Mikhail Sorensen. Hello, Mikhail. He says, uh, what's Jens' thoughts on the pre-season that we had? Because yeah. um, I appreciate, obviously, we had the, the trip to Turkey. Um, yeah. And often people say it's more about the perform- performances than the results in pre-season. What, what's, yeah. what's your sort of view on that? Yes, um, it was a good question. A good question from the Michael guy. But, you know, uh, I think... Uh, in the preseason, it is really important to look at performances. But it, it also worried me that we lost 7-0 to a Superliga team. So, mm-hmm. so what we saw in the, in the autumn, you know, instability and inconsistency was the same thing we saw against uh, in our preseason. You know, we played some really good games. Uh, the last game uh, before... Uh, Started, we, we beat uh, Robo in a really good game at home and and uh, we played a really, really good uh, training game in, in Turkey, uh, winning 2-1 against a really good side. But also we had some really uh, some really big downs, you know, and and that is just the, the, the story of the football team right now and we're looking for consistency. But it takes hard work and, and we will have to continue that. And that's the most important thing for the preseason is that that everybody, all guys really work their ass off. You know, uh, that's that's important if if we have to to become a better football side, that everybody does that. And, and that's that's one step in the in the right direction. And I saw that in the preseason. And that's uh, that's uh, I'm really glad about that. Yeah, I mean, of course, a lot of preseason is about fitness and getting back into the routine and match fitness as well. But also, you know, results and, and yeah. winning the min- winning mentality. You know, exactly. it's it, it, it's a ru- it's a routine, is it's a habit. So if you can get into sort of winning games, and you know, there's nothing better than that, is there? Um, oh. Nikolai Anderson is quite a broad question, but he asks, uh, what are your ambitions for the club in the next three to five years uh, yeah. in both the league? And otherwise, so I assume he's also alluding to the fact that he wants us to be playing in in the Europe in the next uh, three to five years as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I really, you know, uh, I told my wife when I started in SBI if if we, and I wrote a two, I I, I signed a two year contract in, in SBI. I said uh, this first season is going to be difficult to get back in the Super League, but SBI FB is you know, is, a, is certainly a football club who belongs in the Super League. And if, if we're not in the Super League within two or three years, then, uh, then we also must be honest to ourselves and say that we didn't make a good job because all the facilities are there, the, the yeah. fans are there, and uh, we don't have any excuses. If we cannot make a Super League a team within two or three years in Espia, then I've done a bad job. And that's my ambition for for the for the football club in the long run. But I also have a big ambition on the commercial side because SBI is a really you know the the local community really wants to the best for EFB and and they want mm-hmm. to to help us in every way. So so we have to be a little bit you know we have to organize us so that we can. You know that we can be a part of the local community, and we have to get out there. You know, we have to be a more open football club, and and a more uh, you know, we really want to what's it called, pay back to society. But we want to be out there, and we want to go to schools, and we want to go to to education. So we're gonna visit the, the our local sponsors. It's really important for me that we 
that we, you know, make the commercial side uh, not so uh, dependent on the football team. You know, the football team will have it, its ups and downs, but our commercial side, we, we have to be really professional and do a good job and make value for the sponsors and for the local community. That's also a really big aim of mine. Yeah, certainly. And I, I mean, I've, I've told that Jan and Anders that, you know, when I, when I win a lottery, I'm going to be buying a Skybox at uh, <laughs> EFB. So, so yeah. you can count on that as soon as I, as soon as yeah, I, would be nice. Yeah. But, but and, Jens, and uh, everybody listening in the, on this podcast, you know, uh, we still have a few, uh, uh, Skybox is uh, free, so if, if uh, they want to buy something, then please uh, don't hesitate to call me. So now, now, now the commercial break is over. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, but, but Jens, of course, you, you, you would have a, a, an easier job making that uh, happen, and Matthias as well, uh, as, yeah. as a sales, uh, what is his sales chief? Uh, yeah. He would, have an easy, he would have an easier job selling uh, sponsorships if the results are better. Uh, yes. Doesn't that two things go along? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, another question from uh, Melda Vuplund says, um, how often do you speak to Paul Conway and Michael Kate? Yeah, Michael Colt, you know, the, that's our big chairman and he's coming in tomorrow. So tomorrow we will have a... Uh, the whole day with him, and he will uh, visit, uh, you know, all uh, areas of the football club, and also Sebi, uh, uh, where we render the football pitches. So, so I I speak to them uh, very often because you know uh, uh, it's difficult for them to run a football club, you know, being uh, overseas, but but they're really. Uh, they're curious about uh, everything that happens in Nespia and they have a, uh, a mind of, uh, you know, many things and they are really clever guys. So, so I, I talk to them a lot and uh, uh, I think it's important for me to, to keep them posted ab about what's, uh, what's going on in Nespia and also, you know, uh, when we are running into difficulties with uh, local sponsors or whatever it is, you know, I, yeah. it's important for me to be open and, and, uh, honest with them and tell them what's uh, going on so so yeah. I, I speak to them a lot so so Melda's also come with a I think one of my favorite questions we've had in the podcast he asks from the Danish national team currently um who would you most like to have at EFB um if money was not an issue that is and he also says you cannot choose the world's greatest player in Martin Braithwaite which is just as well yeah. because otherwise you'd have Anders and Jan singing their songs so yeah <laughs> But that's a really uh, that's a really interesting foot, uh, question because uh, if I could choose one from the national team, I would you know I was uh, I was I have always uh, been really fond of uh, Christian Eriksen and I'm really happy that uh, that he is turning out for Brentford again and it was rather emotional for me uh, oh, yeah. seeing him uh, laying on the pitch in in Bargen and. Uh, I'm really glad that that he is on his way back playing football. So I think uh, him and Mas Larsen would look really nice on uh, on the central midfield of the FP. I, I would say at the moment we were more lacking a player like uh, Pierre Emil Højbjerg. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, who who would say no to Eriksen? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe Thomas Delaney. Those yeah. two. 
one of those could, could yeah. be a good addition as well. There's a, there's a lot of choice, isn't there, to be fair? Yeah. Yeah. I, had, I had a lot of choice, and uh, yeah, it would be lovely. I mean, I've got, I put a question for myself as well. So, right? so, yeah. so, Luke, so, Luke, 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 let, let me ask you, if you could choose a player from from the national team in England, who, who would you most most uh, who would you most want in, in SBR? Ooh. Um, well, mainly because he could sort of uh, make amends from, I know he's got a bad reputation, I'd say Raheem Sterling, um, because I know he's uh, almost like public enemy number one, wasn't he, in the summer, so uh, I'd hey, like we, to we say... Don't, we, we, don't, we, want, we don't want that diver in Denmark. <laughs> who, who did he say? <laughs> who, I couldn't hear. Who, Sterling. 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 No, no. He, can, he, can, he can be acting before the match <laughs> and stuff like that, yeah. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I'd, I'd say Sterling just 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 because I went into uh, to show the, the Danish fans that he's he's not about um, going down too easily. He's also about a hell of a lot of class and, and skill, uh, and he's a, a very top top player um, yeah. and one of England's finest, that's for sure. So yeah, one of those. Um, so was it a penalty? Oh, we're out of doubt. I mean, you could see no! it, like, he, he catches his knee. I mean, me and Jan have had this conversation so many times. Like, one angle says it looks like a dive, the other one, he, he clearly catches his knee. It's definitely, <laughs> definitely a foul. Definitely a foul. Um, so, so we won't agree on that one, Luke. Not no, ever. No, we, won't, we, we won't think we ever will. Um, Jens, can I ask you a, a question yeah. for myself? I mean, you and I met uh, back into December when you came to the Palace Norwich game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thank you for helping tickets. out with the tickets. Thank you. No, my pleasure. I'm, I'm glad that you were able to, to sort of come and come and see the Palace. But what what was your experience of going to Sellers Park? And um, what was a sort of one play? I mean, you and I joked about sort of you coming and scouting a few Palace players. Um, yeah. who, who would you like from the Palace team as well um, to, to come and join EFB? Yeah. But first of all, it was really you know. Uh, uh, really good experience you know uh, uh, going to football in England is always you know uh, really beautiful experience because you know you guys you know you, it means so much to you and you're just you're really good at, at going to football you know there's a lot of cheering and a lot of uh, you know we were sitting close to the Norwich fans and and there was some you know back and forth but in a really funny and uh, in a beautiful way you know uh, they were behind three uh, zero, and then this, then they say, you know, made a an imaginary goal and counted <laughs> down from ten to, and then they scored, and then they really scared, and it was just, and I had my fourteen year old daughter, and she was just laughing, you know, it was really fun, and, and all of a sudden they also made the equalizer for three three, so it, it was really fun, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it's it's just brilliant to go to football, and I. It's not always, you know, really fun to go to Arsenal game or Chelsea game because, you know, it's it is a bit away from the roots. And I can say, uh, Crystal pa watching Crystal Palace is going back to the roots. And I also enjoy uh, watching Charlton and some of the, you know, smaller teams or what what can you call them? It's really, I'm a football guy and I really enjoy that. And having said that, I really, I was, I was really surprised about Crystal Palace because they were really good that day. There were so many, uh, so many really good players uh, playing uh, that game. But uh, I, I have a, a favorite of uh, Joachim Andersen. Uh, I think uh, he's tidying his, 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 is it, 
for tidying the team together. He's, you know, yeah. he's, he's, he was really good and, and uh, uh, a captain of, uh, of uh, the back four and, and he did a really good job because Norwich, they, I don't know if they had one or two uh, finishes on target, but uh, they, they, they played really well, uh, Crystal Palace, and I think they looked solid at the back. And that's if they want to be in the Premier Premiership, they have to be uh, really solid uh, in the back four. And I think Joachim is uh, is uh, a guy for that. Yeah, so, certainly. I mean, he's he's been a pleasure to watch this season. We've only had him obviously since since the summer, and uh, his 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 range of passing alone is is, is exceptional. He's able to sort of ping a ball about fifty or sixty yards on a sixpence. Yeah. It's very impressive. Um, yeah. And you're and you're right about the sort of defensive abilities. You know, you need to get that right and sound to stay in the Premier League and uh, and stop conceding goals to to, to stay yeah. up there first and foremost. I mean, anyone from sort of seventh downwards in the Premier League, I think uh, the main aim is is survival, and then you can yeah. see what happens. Um, and it's really nice to hear about you say those sort of things about Crystal Palace. You know, um, I'm I'm, I'm, a local I'm, boy, I'm not really only saying that, that this because you're here, Luke. But you know, it, you you know, it's a, it's a stadium just within a community, you know, houses yeah. just next to the, and you know, you can feel that it, it it really matters to the community. And I I compare to Espia because, you know, EFB really, uh, one of my uh, most used sentences is that uh, I can feel that EFB really means a lot to a lot of people. And that's uh, really nice to experience. And that's the same for Crystal Palace and, and that community around, uh, the stadium, uh, it's just, it is amazing. You took the words right out of my mouth there. And I think that's probably the connection I have between the two football clubs. I mean, like I said, I only grew up sort of a couple of miles away from the stadium. And yeah. um, it's always been uh, somewhere I've gone with my brother and my, my dad um, yeah. on Saturdays and, and weeknights. And you get that. I always talk about a feeling of a football club. You get that, obviously, at Crystal Palace. And, and the first time I came to SVO and saw... Uh, then win two uh, one against Bromby in uh, on the fourteenth of February twenty nineteen I think it was um, mm. and and so and saw so, and saw so that that win, you know I got that feeling from that club um, and that's what what made me come back for more and uh, it's something you can't quite describe you can't quite put your finger on but it, it's there and it's something which draws you back in and um, yeah I'm, I'm very fortunate to have, to have uh, found um, that that connection I feel I can understand. I totally agree. We we haven't spoken about uh, how satisfied you are with uh, Roland Barbic as a coach, yeah. and yeah. of course, every time a team is uh, isn't performing, talk the, the talk starts about the coach and his um, possible future in the club. What can you say about that? I know I know of course uh, as long as he he's he's the coach, he's he has your full uh, support, <laughs> but. Uh, how satisfied are you with the job the coaches are, are doing? Yes, and that's a really good point of yours, Jan, because, uh, you know, my point of view is always that you're standing behind the coach for every centimeter as long as he's your coach and all of a sudden he's not your coach anymore. But but what I see, you know, is uh, Roland is working hard and, and we also have to respect that he came into to a mess you know, he, he took over from uh, another German coach where, you know, the, the club was one big chaos. And uh, I experienced that on, on first hand, you know, sitting in, in the CEO's chair and, and it was a crazy time. So, so 
So I don't think that uh, that Roland is very satisfied with uh, with uh, the points that he got. To be honest with you, I don't think he's he's uh, he's uh, he's satisfied with that. And and as a football club, we are not all also. So that's uh, when that's being said. Then it's also important for me to say that Roland has done a good job. Uh, Trying to to fix the team and and but right now we are also in a situation where we need uh, wins, so <clears throat> hopefully we will get that on Sunday. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and just uh, guys, you know, uh, I really appreciate uh, you uh, having me here, and uh, and I look forward to see you guys again because you know. Uh, There are so many guys like you out there, you know, uh, rooting for SBIFP, and uh, it's it was an honor for me to to be with you guys and Luke, especially you, uh, uh, a young man living in another country, spending so much time uh, in, uh, working uh, and talking about EFP. Uh, I really respect that, and I'm thanking you. No, thank, thank you, Ian, and, and obviously to Jan and Anders as always as well. Thank all of you guys for, for your time tonight. Um, we would really appreciate it. And I know our, our listeners do as well, uh, having this insight into, into the football club. It's, it's a, a pleasure to speak with you all and uh, have a few beers and spend the evening with you. It's a, a nice way to spend the evening, that's for sure. Thank you, guys. Have a good evening. Thank you. Thank have you. a good evening. Bye. Bye. The Six Pointer Podcast. Bye.